what? You got the Holy Spirit and you have the Word of God. You got everything you need. It doesn't get any better than that. Amen. Well, as you know, we've been sharing a series for several weeks now. This is actually part nine, actually. It's one of the longer series. But actually, each, each sermon is almost like a separate message, even though we consider it one series. And we've been talking, the name of this series is called Reaching Your Maximum Potential. How to Reach Your Maximum Potential as a Believer. Amen. And so, of course, we're sharing some things from the Word of God that will uh, help you tap into that. You know, God has a lot of resources that we can tap into. Amen. We've talked so far about uh, asking God for wisdom. Secondly, we talked about recognizing the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. Thirdly, we said uh, we talked about seeing yourself as God sees you. Uh, fourth, we talked about how to keep fear out of your life. Uh, number five, for the last couple of weeks, we talked about having a positive expectation for your future. Having a positive ex- expectation for your future. Now, today, I want to talk about the next step. And that is to guard your heart, to guard your heart as a believer. I want to ask you a question this morning. This is not a trick question, but how many of you have a lock on your door wherever you live? How many about your car? You have a lock on your car, right? Now, why do you have a a lock for your house? Right? Right? Well, the reason that I heard say one time, the reason you have a lock in your house is to keep the bad guys out and, and protect your family, or for, for, even if it's just you living there, protect you. Okay? Now, it's no different. Some people get political with this, but, you know, that's no different with our country having walls. You know, God told Jerusalem, Nehemiah, build a wall. It's not the first time we've heard that. Amen? And so a wall is is for the purpose of keeping the bad guys out and protecting the ones that are here, right? Amen. So if you love your family, you, you know, you, you've got a lock. Now, I know some people that have lived in neighborhoods through the years, and they've got iron bars and stuff on there. I mean, it's a bad neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? But uh, they're not evil people. They're trying to keep the evil people out. Now, in the book of Genesis, let's go over there real quick to Genesis chapter 2. And I think this is one of the most important things that we're going to learn up to this point in this series is how to protect what's valuable to you, how to protect the things that are really valuable to you. Now, I'm not talking necessarily about your silver, your gold, those types of things, or your valuables. I'm talking about the most important thing is your heart, okay? Now, in the book of Genesis, we know that this is the book of beginnings uh, there, where God created the heavens and the earth and created man, Adam and Eve, and so forth. And we see in after the creation of Adam, he said in Genesis chapter 2, verse 12, we'll start right there. Genesis chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Now, and the gold in that land was good. Now, this is the Garden of Eden. The gold in that land was good, and there is bdellium and onyx stone. And the name of the second river is called Gihon, and the, and the same is compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hidekel, that is, which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates, verse 15. And the Lord God took man, put him in the garden to dress it and to keep it. Now underline that phrase, dress it and to keep it. Now, this is the very beginning of way, up, way back upstream where everything started, right? Where, where God put his man and, 
his first man and woman into the Garden of Eden. Notice that God's the one who put this, the precious stones and the gold and the silver. He put it there. So it's not an evil thing. Right? God put it there for a reason. And it's in the earth today for a purpose and a reason. Now when, when the Lord put Adam and Eve in there, I'm just, just real quickly here, is that He told Adam that you are, as we just read here, you are to dress the garden and keep it. Now, the word keep is, is another word we'd use for guard. Okay? You're, you're to dress, take care of the garden, and you're to guard the garden. Now, the point I want to make is this, is that whatever God gives you by His grace, you have to protect it by faith. You have to protect it. Okay? Because this indicates, first and foremost, that there was an enemy out there trying to take what belonged to them. This is the first indication. God said, you dress the garden and you keep it. It's your responsibility, Adam, to keep the foreign enemies out of this garden, which we know that he didn't, right? And he allowed the devil to come in there and deceive him. Or he wasn't deceived, but the, the, his wife was deceived. The Bible says in 1 Timothy, but Adam was not deceived. He was wide open. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. Okay. Now, before we throw stones at Adam, let's, let's just remember this. Had you and I been in the same position, we would have done the same thing. Now, the reason I say that is because we all came out of Adam. Okay? We all, all of our roots go back. There was a, a movie back in the 70s called Roots. Remember that? <laughs> well, I, I'll, all of our roots here, I'm telling you what, it goes back to the Garden of Eden. We all came out of Adam and Eve. So, we would have done the same thing. Okay, so we can't throw stones. We can't point our finger at him and say, why did you do that? We would have did the same thing, okay, because we came out of him. But my point is this. We have to protect what God gives us. And this is what I want to talk about today in the time that we have. I'm not going to keep you real long today because I want to let the ladies go a little bit early. But we have to protect what is valuable to us. We have to guard our hearts. Now, and uh, let's see here. Proverbs chapter 4. Let's go over there to Proverbs chapter 4. In verse 20, do you, believe, do you believe and acknowledge today that it's important to guard what's valuable to you? Yes. Okay. You know, you see a guy with a gravel driveway, there's not much to protect there. No one's like waiting to grab that and say, oh my God, some gravel. You know, however, if you're like Solomon who made he made uh, silver and gold as common as stones. That's another thing altogether. But in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20, uh, who was uh, Solomon, said this, and he was the, considered at that point the wisest human being that ever lived on the planet other than Jesus when he showed up. Jesus said, a greater than Solomon is here. But Solomon said this in verse 20, by the Holy Ghost, he said, My son, attend to my words Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them. And health to all of their flesh. Now see the word health in 22 verse 22. It's the Hebrew word medicine. If you have a strong concordance just look it right up. And it's the word for medicine. So it literally says right there, For my words are life to those that find them, and medicine to all 
of their flesh. Think about that. The Word of God is medicine to how much of your flesh? All of your flesh. That means if you've got neck problems, leg problems, heart problems, stomach problems, back problems, the Word of God is health to all your flesh. Isn't that wonderful? But then he goes on to say here uh, in verse 23, Keep your heart. That's the same word we saw in Genesis. Keep, guard the garden. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Amen? Guard your heart. Protect your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now here's what I want want, want to show you right here. Let me say this first. The doorway to your heart is through your soul. That's the doorway. Like you see this door with these two doors here, those two doors there, and there's doors here. The entry, these are entryways into this particular room. You can't get in any other way. You had to come through one of those doors. How many used one of these doors when you came in this morning? Okay. These are entryways, okay? Entry points. And the entryway for something good or bad to affect your spirit has to go through your soul. Now, that's what I want to talk about this morning. Now, your soul is different than your spirit. Okay, now the Bible says that we're a tripart being. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a physical body. Now with our bodies, we contact the physical realm. We understand that, right? Right? With our spirits, we contact the spirit realm where God lives. So that leaves one. With our soul, we contact the mental realm, the intellectual realm with our souls. Okay? And the soul is like the hinge on a door. Okay? Now here's what I want to show you here is this. In in Proverbs chapter 4 we're there. My son incline, my son attend to my words. Verse 20. Incline your what? Okay, everybody say ear. ear. Okay. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thy what? Eyes. Okay. I think there's a hospital in Pittsburgh called Eye and Ear Hospital. <laughs> okay. Is there? I don't know. I've heard that before. Okay. Oh, is it still there? Okay. Is that something from the 70s? I don't know. It's still there. Okay. People still have eyes and ears, right? I mean, okay. But here's the thing. The Lord says this. He says, incline your ear. And I want to break this down. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Now, we're talking about this other sixth point here about how to guard your heart. Guarding your heart. And the way that you guard your heart is you guard what you listen to and you guard what you see. Those are two entryways that, get, that affect your spirit man, what you see and what you hear. These are one of the five senses. You know what's kind of interesting about this is I was meditating on this one day and... and uh, Of all the senses, I mean, what you can see, hear, taste, touch, and smell, four out of five have to do with your head. Okay? You see with your head, right? All right? You taste with your your head, part of your head, right? (laughs) Glory to God. And your senses, your five physical senses are the way that you contact the physical realm. Okay? But there's another sense that you and I have that's apart from the five senses, and that's called the spirit realm. With our spirits, we contact 
God. Today, we are actually in contact with God while we're here in this service. Now, we look around, we see the natural, we see the walls, the, the lighting, we see each other, the chairs, and all this kind of stuff. That's the natural realm. But there's something much more real in this room than just what we can see with these eyes. And it's the realm of the Spirit. And the realm of the Spirit is the parent of the natural realm because the natural realm didn't come first. It came second out of the spiritual realm. Now, when I say spiritual realm, I'm not talking about spooky and weird. and We're not talking about that. The spirit realm is a real realm. It's a realm just like in the natural. There's air. There's oxygen in this room, but your physical eyes can't see it. There's electricity. There's currents, radio waves, transmitter waves that are going through this room right now that you, you cannot see it. Okay? And it's like these dog whistles. You know, you ever see these dog whistles? You know, and they go... Your ear can't pick up that frequency, but a dog sure can, okay? You just get around a dog, get one of those dog whistles and blow it, you know what I mean? They even got ones now you put on the front of your car for deer, okay? You can't hear it, but it's supposed to, like, scare them, okay? I could use a bunch of those around our house, I'll tell you what. Oh, chipmunks too, my God. They're, like, overtaking our community, you know? (laughs) Anyway... One time I was taking a walk about a year ago, and I saw a couple, and they were, we were on, I was on this trail, and they were looking there like, they were overwhelmed, they were pointing at something. I thought, what are they looking at? And I, was, and I finally caught, caught up to where they were, and they were looking at deer. I thought, they've never seen these before. You know what I mean? That's like, just come to my neighborhood. They're everywhere all the time. You know, you wake up, and they're basically looking in the window at you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Guard your heart. With all diligence, Proverbs says, for out of it are the forces of the issues of life. Now, the first thing that we need to protect, and this is, I'll just probably kind of camp on this and then we'll we'll let you go this morning. The most important thing that we have to protect in our lives, the most valuable thing is not silver or gold or your bank account. That's not the most valuable thing in your life. That is a part, that's important. Okay, don't get me wrong. Those are important. But the most important thing that you need to protect, that I need to protect in my life, is my relationship with God. Because that's what the devil was after in the Garden of Eden. He was after that. Okay? Now, in, in, in 1 Corinthians, if you go over there to, for the first chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I want to look at one verse. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9. In fact, any relationship that's worth saving, you have to work at it. Do you know, I mean, we've been married 37 years, my wife and I, you know. We're just getting started. Hallelujah. But you know, we don't, you don't put yourself in cruise control and just kind of, well, you know, we made the commitment, you know, okay, we'll just kind of cruise through life. You have to work at any relationship. I don't care if you've been married 50 years. Right? Right, Sister Patty, been married about 65 years now? Something like that? 67. 67. <laughs> to the same man. <laughs> She's got us all beat here, amen. But you have to, you have to cultivate 
any relationship. You know what I mean? You have to work at it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it doesn't just happen. And you can't assume that the other person's going to make the first move. You know, that's another series within itself. But, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul said this. He says, God is faithful. Say that. God is faithful. That means you can count on Him. Amen. God is faithful to whom you were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. There's a whole lot in that verse right there. God is faithful by whom you were called to fellowship. Now let's talk about this word right here, fellowship. Okay, it's the Greek word koinonia. Okay, that may not mean a whole lot to you, but it will in a minute. There's a difference between having a relationship with someone and having fellowship with someone. Okay? You can be, have a relationship with a person, husband, wife, that type of thing, son, daughter, but not have fellowship with them. A lot of people can have a, they might have a relationship with Jesus. In other words, at some point they made a choice. Jesus, I need you. Come into my life. Forgive me my sins. You know, and that's, that's smart. That's the best decision you could ever make. There's no greater decision than that. That's just a starting point. You have now a relationship. Now, what needs to happen is for your fellowship to be cultivated. You understand that? Fellowship. All right? There's times, uh, now the, the, the closest thing I can, is a marriage between a husband and a wife, that relationship, you know what I mean? But even if you have a close friend or something like that, I know like when Lynn and I, when we sometimes will travel somewhere, it's been a little while since we've done that, but sometimes we'll drive maybe two or three hours, you know, and it's, I love to get into the car and just have dialogues and have, you know, fellowship and communicate because you're going to be in the car anyway, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, and uh and, it, and communication is a big deal in any relationship. Now, God, ultimately, the reason that He gave you relationship is so ultimately you could have fellowship with Him. Say fellowship. fellowship. Okay? That means intimate relationship with Him. Now, it's interesting about this verse of Scripture. God is faithful who has called us. Did you know every single one of you in this room, man and woman, boy and girl, that you have a call of God upon your life? Now, when I say that, people think, am I an apostle? Am I an evangelist? That's beside the point. That's secondary. Your first, confer- your first and foremost call is the call to answer fellowship with God. And we know in the Garden of Eden, that's how it all started. God came down, it says, in the cool of the day and spoke and talked and communicated with Adam and Eve. Just, just walked with them. Amen. I think the Lord told Brother Copeland one, one time, he says, you know, I would have never had a serious thought had it not been for the fall of man. Because in the Garden of Eden, God was fellowshipping with them, communicating with them. And there was no fear. Adam didn't feel fear until he sinned and disobeyed and committed high treason. That's when he, he ran and he hid from the presence of God. But up to that point, everything was fine. There was no fear. Fear didn't exist. But it's when he broke his covenant and he broke his relationship with God and spiritual death came in. He passed from life to death. Spiritual death. What a sad day that was. But the New Testament says, we know that we've passed from death unto life 
because we love the brethren. Hallelujah. When Jesus comes into our hearts, hallelujah, we go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Glory to God. Amen. Now, I'm not satisfied uh, just having a relationship with God. That is important. But what I'm after and what we should be after is cultivating our fellowship and our communion with God on a daily basis. We would call that our vertical relationship with God will ultimately affect our horizontal relationship with other people. Now, you show me a person, a man or a woman, Christian, that has a hard time getting along with people. I don't know if there's any in this room or not. <laughs> Someone that has a hard time getting along with people. And they're always fussing about this, fussing about that. I'll tell you one thing. If your relationship, your fellowship with God is where it should be, that'll trim off those rough edges in our lives. Because we all have different backgrounds, you know what I'm saying? But if we have a hard time, if I have a hard time getting along with people for the most part, it's, there's some kind of something going on in my fellowship with God which ultimately affects how I see other people. Because if I spend any time with God and I understand who He is and what He's all about and, His, and I see His goodness and I experience His goodness, the last thing I want to do is be mean to someone else. Amen. Okay? Because when I taste and see that the Lord is good and I'm on a daily, I'm talking Monday and Tuesday and Thursday, you know, through the, through the week, then it's easier for me to translate that and to work that out to other people. For example, Ephesians says, Husbands, love your wives. Didn't stop right there. It says, Love your wives even as. Notice that word. Even as Christ loved the church. Now that's, that's a scripture, isn't it? That's a Bible verse. And all the women said, Amen. Okay. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church, all right, and gave himself for it. Now, if a person doesn't understand, if a husband doesn't understand how much Jesus loves him, he's unable to really love his wife as Jesus loved him. That's why it says, love one another, even as I have loved you, all right? So we have to, we have to focus on how much God loves us first and foremost because when we understand that does Jesus take time to listen? Does he? Have you ever spoken to someone before and you knew men they're in a rush they don't want to, they just want to they just want to say what they want to say and get out just like that you know and you just know it's just through body language and stuff like that they don't really want to have a conversation they just want to say what they want to say and they're they're gone. Okay? Are you thankful that Jesus is not like that? Yeah. Do you think when you go to the Lord, He's like, you know, give me five, I got five minutes here, I got about a billion people to take care of today. <laughs> if that were true, we would be up a creek without a paddle, Amen. as they say. We'd be in a big mess. But I'll tell you this, that God is able to give you, and each person here in this room and across the globe, 100% undivided attention. When he's talking to you intimately, he can be doing that to someone across the, the, the planet on the other side of the earth. That's what makes God God. He's able to give you undivided attention and listen to you. Right? How powerful is that? He listens to every word that you say. He's hearing everything that you say. 
Now, if, if I understand that correctly, which I believe I do, then if God hears me, then I can start to listen to other people as well. How many of you know you got one mouth, but you got two ears? We need to be doing twice as much hearing as we do talking. Men and women. Okay? Take time to listen. Take time to hear. Give someone time. Amen? God does that with us. Every single day. Amen? So the first, the first thing that we need to protect more than anything else is, is our, our fellowship and our communion with God. Now, I'm not saying, I want to say this very carefully here. Well, I'm not saying you've got to spend hours in prayer every day. I, what I want to make it more of a, you know, it's kind of like diets. Diets don't work. You all find that out? <laughs> diets don't work. They work for about a week, okay? But it's better, the Lord told Kenneth Hagin one time, he goes, he goes, I'd rather you live a fasted lifestyle than to have days of fasting. You know that, Brother Dan? He said, live a fasted lifestyle. In other words, a lifestyle of fellowship with God where you're practicing His presence. Okay? And so, we can actually do that. It's a marvelous thing to be able to cultivate that, to practice His presence. I mean, I mean, we're not always in church. Church is very important, by the way. It's very important. But the rest of the week's important, too, because what we're doing after the service, what we're doing Monday, Tuesday, you know. And we can actually invite God's presence into our lives and talk with Him and fellowship with Him. Hallelujah. And cultivate this relationship, this fellowship with God because it's the most important thing. Because, folks, do you ever notice that... You ever, you ever see, you've been on the highway and there's a funeral procession? And the people got those flags on the top of their car. Okay. And then you see the hearst. You know what I'm saying? I have, how many of you have seen those and got caught in those a few times in your life? Okay. I have never once, now maybe you have, I don't know, but I've never once seen a hearst driving in a U-Haul truck behind it with all their belongings. Have you? Which tells me this, you can't take anything with you. You could be the wealthiest person on the planet. You could be more rich than Bill Gates. But you're not taking any of that with you. So what really matters in the end? Relationship. When a baby comes into the earth, that baby doesn't care if it lives in a shack or a mansion. What's important to that child is mama, dada, <laughs> relationship. That's all that matters to that child. And sadly, as kids grow older, they lose the value of fellowship and relationship and how important that that really, really is. And so when you leave this earth, when you take your last breath, okay, all of a sudden you realize what was really important. Amen? And I've heard people talk about this on their, on their deathbeds, you know, that had success in life. They said, what's your biggest regret? And, well, I should have spent more time with my family. I should have spent more time with my loved ones, you know, instead of trying to get rich, instead of trying to, you know, just, just always do natural things. It's, it's all about relationships, man. Amen. And so when we leave this earth, now we, we, we believe in long life. The Bible says with long life, he will satisfy us and show us his salvation. I, I plan on living out my days on this earth 
Amen. And we all should, right? Live long and strong on this earth. Glory to God. But the thing that's most important, the most important thing, and I pray you remember these words, that these words are etched into your mind and your heart today. The most important thing that we need to cultivate is our fellowship with God, our communication with Him. Okay? Now, that being said, it's not a complicated thing. Okay? You can talk to God as a friend because He is your best friend. You can talk problems over with Him because, you know, we all got issues. We got problems. We got things that have to. It's not a prophecy. I mean, every one of us here got challenges in the flesh, don't we? We got things we're working on, believing God for. But the Lord wants you to invite Him into those areas of your life so that you can, you can fellowship with Him and talk things over with Him. And you can tell the Lord, you know, Lord, I, this thing's really been troubling me. What do you have to say about this? I do that. If I'm baffled about something, I'm upset about something, you know, and, and, and uh, that happens once in a while, <laughs> you know. Sometimes your mind can't wrap yourself, wrap, can't wrap your head around certain things. So say, Father, what do you say about this? What, what do you have to say about this? Sure, fellowship, talk to me, Lord, about this. And I'll tell you what, he will. Now go over real quick here to our last scripture here in, in Mark chapter 4. In Mark chapter 4. And verse 23 says, Jesus said this, If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Well, all of us got a pair of ears on our head, right? <laughs> and Jesus said, if you got ears to hear, hear. So you have natural ears and you have spiritual ears. Praise the Lord. You can, you can actually hear something. You can actually hear something with your natural ears, but not hear it with your spiritual ears. Did you know that? That's why Jesus said, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Look at verse 24. And he said unto them, take heed what you hear. Now underline that. Take heed what you hear. Hear. Let's say that together. Take heed what you hear. Now that's, that's so important. In other words, Jesus is saying here, be very selective about what you are going to hear. What are you going to hear? Now the scripture tells us, and Paul said this, he says, there are many voices in the earth and they all have significance. None without significance. They all, there's a lot of voices in the earth. True. Correct? True. More than ever now. Yeah. With, uh, with, you know, with, uh, uh, with the internet and things like that. And with, te- with media, social media, all kinds of ways that men, things are always coming at us all the time. How many of you ever, let me ask you a question. How many of you ever saw something, whether it was a commercial or something on social media that troubled you? Raise your hand. That bothered you. Okay? It should. Okay? It should. Now, this was a couple years ago. Uh, we were watching the... The problem is that sometimes when you want to record the weather, everything before that and after that is trash. <laughs> and so they have to throw all this stuff in there and, you know... and and uh, and so you know, 
they came out and they talked about flu season. You know, they do that about this time every year. They start, start grand, you know, talking about it, commercials about it. They talk about it on the news, you know, and, and how bad it is this year and so forth and so on. You know, and, and what happens is, is when you hear that, those words, those words. Now, they, the way they talk about flu season, it's like it's football season, baseball season. Right? And those words go out there across the airways. They do, don't they? They go out across there, and then people see it, people hear it. And Jesus said, take heed what you hear. In other words, be selective about what you hear. Now, sometimes you've got to talk back to the television. I've done it many, many times. People talk about, I'll tell you what, the, the, the commercials, all the, the drugs that they're trying to push, the commercials, they never did that when I was growing up. Okay? But now, I mean, they're pushing this drug and that drug and side effects are premature death, you know? It might heal your arm, but it's going to kill you in the process, you know what I mean? Are you with me now? Amen. And so, you can never hear this enough, Okay? Just for the record, you cannot hear this enough. You've got to protect what you're looking at and what you're hearing. A lot of problems stem from what we've been watching and what we've been hearing. Because what we see and what we hear and what we listen to, is it producing faith or is it producing fear in our lives? Now, when I heard that, that commercial, you know, um, you know, and I've seen things even on the Internet sometimes that said, you probably have this disease if you have these symptoms. And you're thinking, <laughs> your right el- you have to scratch your right elbow. That's, you got this disease. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? And the devil says, yep, you got it. You ever have that? But the devil knows that. He plays. That's why I said, my son, attend, you know, incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes because that's the entryway. Remember that? To your spirit is through your eye gate, through your ear gate. Amen. Okay? Amen. And sometimes you just have to shut the devil down, expose him and say, no, no, no. And I, I would say out loud, I will never have that in Jesus' name. I will not have that in Jesus' name. Well, Pastor Keith, you know, the devil's going to hear you. That's who I want to hear it. Okay? He's a defeated foe. Jesus, by the way, whipped him, stripped him, and left him empty, shattered, and defeated in Colossians 2.15. He spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He whipped the devil, stripped him all his power. The only thing he can try to do is make you think differently, try to deceive the way you think. Okay? So you have to make a choice. I refuse to be afraid. That's why I'm not going to... Now, I've, I've been in sermons before through the years where people, they came across on a... It, the foundation was fear. They'd preach out of fear, try to scare people into the kingdom of God. You know what I'm saying? That's not the way to do it. That's not the, the way Jesus handled things, right? And that's, we have to be careful. We have to be careful, careful with that, you know. And That's another story for another day. But we have to guard our hearts and make a choice. Amen? And you know, your television has an on and off button. Okay? Your radio has an on and off button. 
You know, the more that you hear, for example, someone that curses all the time on the radio or TV, if they're cursing constantly, and you hear that all the time, okay, uh, you, get, you get acclimated to that where you think that's just normal. And it, and it, it you know what I'm trying to say? And all of a sudden, you find yourself in a situation, you start talking, don't even plan on it, but you start talking like that too, amen? Listen, Christians ought not be out there cursing and swearing. How many of you know that? There's Christians out there dropping the F-bomb like it's nothing. Well, I hate to say, but it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Are you with me now? Now, God will have mercy on people. You understand that. People say things because they're hurting sometimes too. You know, that's, that's another thing. But I'm talking about just basically those of us that are in this room, okay? Let's forget about the rest of the world. Let's just concentrate on us, okay? The last thing we need to do is think, you know, I wish so-and-so was here. They need to hear the sermon today, you know? It's easy to do that, man. If they were here, they would, oh, that would solve the world's problems. But really, in all honesty, what we need, we need to do, the Bible says, come out from among them and be separate. Now, that doesn't mean you segregate yourself from everybody in the world. It just means don't participate in their sin. The Bible says Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was a friend of sinners. Say what? He was called the friend of sinners. But he didn't sin. But they felt comfortable in his presence. He wasn't condemned. Jesus, I mean, Jesus, the Son of God. Spent time, and now the Pharisees tried to knock him for that. Who do you think you are eating with sinners? And they didn't wash their hands, and they didn't brush their teeth right. You know, like the laws of the Pharisees. Who do you think you are? He would get down. Jesus always came against those self-righteous people. He would come against them. But the common sinner of the day, he didn't come out against them. They welcomed him. Amen? And so, boy, that's just so important that we understand that, okay? We, we can be... In the world, but not of the world. Back when I first got saved, I used to hear sermons about sanctification. But you don't hear much about that nowadays. You know what I'm saying? But sanctify means to set apart. And God has sanctified us. He set us apart for His purpose, for His plan, for this time and this place. So Jesus said, take heed what you hear. Praise God. I want to close with this this morning. It's so important that, that here's what I want to do is I want to uproot some things this morning. Maybe some, some words or some things that you saw or some things that you heard. You know, it could have been while you were driving to church this morning. You heard something, you know, and it was just, oh, man, you know what I mean? Some kind of bad news or something like that. I remember John Osteen, who's the father of Joel Osteen, who started Lakewood Church back in the, in the early, late 40s, early 50s, you know. And uh, you ever heard John Osteen before? Powerful man of God. I mean, just faith preacher. Oh, my goodness. But he was a love man. He was filled with the love of God. And he was making a point one time, and he said this. He said, um, he said you know, he's talking to thousands of people there. This is towards the end of his ministry. He said, some of you all went through some crises that I never went through. Some of you went through some tests and trials that I never went through. He, he, he says, I passed up some marvelous opportunities 
to be upset and to worry and to tribulate because I just didn't listen to the news media. <laughs> Amen. Now, don't get me wrong. Current events, we need to keep up on that, what's going on and so forth, so we can pray. Okay? But I'm talking about a, a, a constant feeding on what's being said, feeding on the negative stuff. like That will affect our spirits. Okay? I use it as a launch pad. I was listening to uh, uh, Mr. Huckabee. How many appreciate Mr. Huckabee, you know? What's his first name? Mike. Yeah, Mike, Mike Huckabee. You know, he, he goes, what we ought to do is we ought to, we ought to use this as a launch pad for prayer. When we hear something bad about what's going on, you know, like this morning we prayed for our, our leaders, right? We, we need to do that, right? Regardless of our political background, no matter who's in office, we need to pray for them and hold them up. Hallelujah. But we ought to use it as a launch pad to just say, no, I'm going to pray. And then when you're watching television, you hear something negative, something bad, you speak back to it and say, no, I will not have that disease. I will never have that in Jesus' name. Okay? So what I want to do is I want to pray right now because uh, sometimes words, well, first and foremost, words are seeds. Words are seeds. And they could have been planted many years ago. Someone could have said something. And I'll say this, that the, the enemy has very little leverage in your life unless he can use a person with a voice. Of course, he can send a thought your way and lie to you. But more often than not, he has to use a person that has a body, that has a voice, has vocal cords, to say something to you that can hurt you. Right? Because there's, there's weight behind it. Especially if it's like a relative or someone that's close to you. Okay? Because if the, the guy down the street ends up doing some crazy thing, you just kind of blow him off. Say, <laughs> you know what I mean? But if it's somebody in your, in your flesh and blood, blood, you know, someone in your family that says something to you or someone that's close to you in your life and they say something that's hurtful to you, they don't even know sometimes. Here's the thing. They don't even know that they're being an instrument for the enemy to speak to you to try to discourage you, to try to pull you down, to make you feel bad. Okay? Now, there's going to be a supernatural lifting today. And the ladies, you're getting ready for something powerful this afternoon. I'll tell you, it's going to be awesome. But there's a supernatural lifting today that God is going to lift you up this today, encourage you this morning. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, by the power of God, by the power of the Holy Ghost right now, every and any seed that has been planted in our lives from this moment backwards, I don't care if it's been years, Lord, any seed that has been planted that was put in there by that devil through another person, seeds of fear, of doubt, unbelief, of discouragement, anything that was of the devil... By the power of your spirit, Lord, I ask you to uproot and make non void those words that were spoken to anybody in this room right now. And the devil will not hold power over those words any longer. We break them. We break those words and those thoughts in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank you right now, Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit to lift, to build up, and to encourage those in this room right now, Father. Yes. 
And we give you praise for that right now, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now just let the Holy Spirit touch you right now. Lord, touch each and every one here in this room, Lord. Touch them by your power. Touch them by your grace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every single person, Lord. Every person in this room, Lord. Thank you right now. Thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Father, I thank you, Lord, for a supernatural, glorious week ahead of us, Father, for each one here. Now, Lord, we thank you that we can put good seed in our eyes, in our ears that will affect us for the good and not for evil. So we thank you for the law of replacement, Lord, that we'll put good things, good seeds, good testimonies, the Word of God in our eyes, in our ears, which will affect us, Lord. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray also as we dismiss here today, we pray for all the ladies here today. Lord, this will be a, a great time of blessing and refreshing for them. In Jesus' name, amen.